Bailey, and Harper. We're back. Episode 57. The episode 57. The best to ever do it, Roman Harper. Who wore 57 the best, good sir? Um, I know this man personally. Yeah, you do? Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. He's an acquaintance, acquaintance of mine. What's his name? Ricky Jackson, number 57, Saints Hall of Famer and NFL Hall of Famer. So he's a rule in New Orleans. We call him champ, Ricky Jackson. There you go. All right? Anyways, we have a rule in New Orleans. The organization does. You don't get your jersey retired. Right? Nobody else can wear the jersey unless you're NFL Hall of Famer. Ooh. Ricky Jackie's, Jackson is one of the few. It's a good rule. They do have one. So you got Morton Anderson. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. You got Willie Rose, 77, Ricky Jackson, 57. And then it's like some little – it's a rule that's not a rule, but Archie Manning, nobody gets to wear eight either. Okay. All right. No, I get all that. And I would assume nine. I get all that. My, mine's going to go a little bit of a deep cut here. All jo- right. John Smoltz, right? Now, here's the thing. You might think to yourself, but Kyle, John Smoltz wore 29. 29. He yeah. did. He absolutely <laughs> did. Uh, but he came, when he got to the majors, he first wore 57. But he didn't get really good until he wore 29, right? Well, can, my, can your boy Leo Mazzoni take a little credit for that, He too? sure can. He sure right. can if he wants to. And it, it also now occurs to me, and this might just be a coincidence, but half of 57 is 28 and a half. Now, you can't be 28 and a half, but if you round that up as you should, it goes to 29. So I just wonder about John Smoltz. Maybe that was like a – He's got a very analytical mind. I don't. First of all, neither one of us have the ability to disqualify either one of our picks. Don't know. But if that's what you want to go with, then roll with it. Oh, you're thinking about disqualifying my pick. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I see how this is starting today. How I see how this episode is beginning. Uh, we have the NBA playoffs on right now. Uh, Boston Celtics. I am coming in a little bit hot, Kyle. Why, I've been sitting waiting on this Domino's, okay. man. I tried to. I got my son's right, cool. haircut. I was trying to be a good dad. I like, like we, we got me. way late started. I'm, a I, little, I'm coming in hot, Kyle. I feel like you feel guilty and that you need to explain that we're starting the podcast like an hour late because Roman's been at Domino's the whole time. And I've been standing here just, you know, looking at this uh, – this mannequin that you've put together, which is really impressive. By the way, I tagged you on Instagram. It's not on that. it. It's not it. This is not. This is not the finishing touch of it. Yeah. No, I tagged you on Instagram on this. I took a I picture of it. This is the first thing we walk in and see is a mannequin with Roman in somewhat uniform. With I was a, sitting in the parking lot, Kyle. What, with nothing to do. You what is that? Think a wrestling world championship belt? What is that? Is that what that is? No, that's actually a golf championship belt. I won it. Um, one of my former teammates, Mike Tolbert's oh, golf tournament. Sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a sweet deal. Me and a couple of my boys, we got together. Well. I was on their team, a guy named uh, Mark Cuban, uh, my boy Rafiq. Did you just say Mark Cuban? No. Oh. I thought you said, it's all Charlotte guys. The owners, and so, okay. so not the owner I, of the I used Matters. to, yeah. No, no, no. I got on his team. This guy, uh, my boy, um, then a couple other uh, cats were all there. And, dude, um, they won it. So, we, oh, nice. we won it. So, we got the championship We made a couple belt. putts. Yeah, it was and, good. And, and was then good topped day. off by what, the Sparta helmet? Yes, that's, that's, a, that's a, another gift from another friend. Some might say that uh, you think highly of yourself with the way that you've assembled that right there. I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. I, I would agree, man. I want to get, I want to break up the monotony here. It's like all just me. I think I need to put other stuff in here, but right. I have a lot of my own stuff. You know what I mean? I do, I do, I do. Uh, Celtics up, uh, what nine right now on the Bucks? Bring this up because as you're walking in today, our very uh, abbreviated podcast episode last time. Very oh, yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we had beef. Yeah, we, well, we had beef. Um, so this reminds me that our buddy Cedric Cornbread Maxwell, uh, he, who is a two-time NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP, 
Celtics legend and the color analyst on their radio network and a good friend of ours here in Charlotte, uh, went on in Boston this morning on the show that has been relentlessly trying to not just insult me but get me to play along a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I guess they spent another segment yet again. I'm the most famous man on Boston sports radio right now outside of their local athletes and coaches. It's actually quite bizarre. Um, but they were talking about me again this morning when uh, Cornbread was on. And after saying I'm sure all sorts of uh, – uh, not so flattering things about me and whatever else he this i guess fred asked cornbread if he could uh, if he could take me which is again um i think we both agree on a ridiculous notion and uh, cornbread told him no of course you cannot do that and so uh, i'm sure i'm in for another round of uh tags and tweets and uh, probably prank calls <laughs> and everything else this week so uh it, it's been a fun ride in boston for the last couple of weeks i don't get it this is the wrong city again uh, although game seven canes and bruins on sunday but no this has been uh, i'm looking forward to that i don't i have no idea why these these boston guys are like point your lasers at, at raleigh guys I, it's it's the wrong place <laughs> that's another issue too it's, it's the like, wrong place i don't i mean i just don't they know have what terrible more. aim i know i know it was uh it's an interesting run with these guys, but hopefully that's over soon. Um, so then also, did you, as I'm leaving the show today, I finish up with the show. So, so Kyle, you know, I, 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 so you know the little thing you called me about yesterday, You're talking about the, the Sean Payton thing, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was at my son's, if people that don't know, all right, let's just give a little picture, a little context of what I just said. All right, so. All right, so I was at my son's. Baseball game. You called me like, dude, did you hear any part of the show today? I was like, no, man, I wasn't. I was at this game. He's like, dude. So you thought, well, something came across the world that Tepper would love to maybe be able to interview. If Matt Rule doesn't do well to talk to Sean Payton. I'm like, yeah, of course he would. Duh. But you said the, how the people reacted oh, yeah. right, on your radio show, yeah. which was hilarious, right? It was so, entertaining. Very entertaining. So you loved it. You thought it was hilarious. Whether it was true, whatever, it didn't matter. It was great for content. It was like, <laughs> dude, people were, they had such an opinion on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this morning I get a text to my group chat with all my Saints boys, first one, headlines. Tepper was interested or something. Oh, yeah. Just to get the group chat stirred you up and the, You and the former Saints group chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, stirring the pot. <laughs> Stirring the pot. It's always good to be one. Oh, man. And the funny thing is, too, is that, you know, anybody who listens to the show regularly, and especially if they listen to the podcast, too, I'm sure they assumed when I first brought it up, oh, Roman told him that. Roman told him that. Because I brought this up back in January about, you know, just having heard that Tepper and Peyton liked each other. Like, they, they hit it off. They met. They connected. They, you know, had a good talk. And they seemed to have a mutual admiration. Nothing more. But that, uh, that was, there might be something there. And so, of course, it wasn't you. Uh, that would be way too obvious. And so it was uh, funny because I brought you up when I was talking about the whole Bounty Gate thing. And, of course, we never have to get into that. But it was like p- some people who didn't want any part of Sean. And I took like 40 calls in an hour. It was just back to back to back to back for three straight segments. And it was wild because people were sounding off one after the other. The majority were in favor of Sean Payton. They're like, man, I hated that son of a bitch when he was in New Orleans. But... If he brought a title to the Carolina Panthers, I think I could get over it just fine, which is really the right thing to say about that. Yeah. But those who were, like, staunchly against it, they were like, I hate his guts. I could never root for him. And then the Bounty Gate stuff would come up. And I brought you up because I was like, well, I mean, you know, they – Roman knows Sean. Like, I don't know Sean personally, so I can't speak to the man's character any more than anybody who doesn't know him. And yeah. uh, I said, you know, he was at his wedding. Like, these guys know each other. They have a different view on this whole Bounty Gate thing. Others do too. So, like, it's not – 
So that was the only point. And I was laughing in my head because I was like, Rowan's probably sitting out there thinking right now, where the fuck is this going, Kyle? What are you about to say right now? <laughs> I was like just trying to make a simple point, And I got distracted. And I just kept like rambling for a second. And I was like, oh, yeah, I probably worried him just now. <laughs> but no, no, no. It was, it was it, Yeah, I was. I was just sitting there like. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you mean? Where did that go? Because <laughs> <laughs> me, the first, as soon as I heard him, like, Kyle, the dumbest thing ever. That would never happen. Well, right. Right. Exactly. So it, it, no, the whole thing but, was crazy, dude. Because it. it again, well, it got to my, t my my boys. Just know that. Just well, know that. I'm that, that sure it probably did. It, it was, was hilarious. A, it's a fun story. Like. It's not happening now. And I'll say this, too. I felt bad for Matt Rule today because it was like the first day of rookie minicamp. Uh -huh. And, you know, he's got his new left tackle out there, Iki Aquanu. This kid's a home, hometown kid. Great story. Media's there all over the place. Matt Corral's here, right? Everybody's, like, cautiously maybe a little bit optimistic that Matt could be the guy if they could develop him. So you got all these good stories going on. And Matt Rule goes to the podium after the first day of rookie minicamp, and, like, one of the first questions is, hey, did you see that story about Sean Payton maybe being the, the guy that that? I don't remember which reporter it was, but, like, yeah, he had to answer the question about that. And I thought he handled it really well. Like, I did. That, that, that dude gets shredded in the media, um, I think, unfairly too much. And it's because they haven't won very many games. Like, he's stepped in shit a couple of times. Don't get me wrong. You know, <laughs> yeah. He really has. He's, he's stepped in shit a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I do think he gets unfairly maligned for certain things. He just There's no question. Like, you and I talk, but he's an over-talker sometimes, right? He tries to explain the hell out of stuff because he wants to be super clear, and sometimes he just makes things worse. <laughs> yes. The more you talk, it only opens it up to more. But I, th I think sometimes he's, like, just trying to be honest, and he gets really beaten up for that. But again, you know, you. But he's also up. he's coming from the college space. He needs to yes. be able to learn how to it's be just, an NFL I think there's coach. Been an adjustment period. Like I said, Kyle, I've I've never. First of all, that does suck to be asked that question. But when you're on top of the podium, right, you're supposed to be able to be a man on yours and yep. say what the, the true like what it's supposed to be. And so it's more respected when actually the players and everybody else understands where you're at and where it is, and everybody's headed in the right direction. I think from top down, the organization has to be all in alignment to be successful. Whether you have a good head coach or not, a good head coach only can help you get that shit aligned. Yeah. But if upstairs and some other things and the players like with like veteran leadership, like that's how you really full go and win. That's the biggest difference. And he has to learn how to put it together because he has not done well with veterans so far uh, in his reach. And look, his, his tenure here at uh, with Carolina, and not to just – I don't know how bad that sounds or how good it sounds, but they have to win more games in November and oh, December. Yeah. That's the only knock on them. I would say – because I told them I, I get, had the three-year runway. I wasn't judging anything to the third year because yeah. I thought Tom Brady and Drew Brees would be retired. Then the division can be won. Carolina was never going to beat those two teams as long as those two quarterbacks, because they're way too much. They're way better than you. Yes. All right, they're way better there than you. There aren't that many of them. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're way better than you. Yes. So – so I was going to – Tom Brady all of a sudden came back, so I was wrong in my thinking. But he's still going to be judged in my book. I don't think you were wrong. I think off of everything in the third year. I always thought when Tom retired, he'd be done. So to, your, so what you said a second ago, I, don't th I mean, I think there were a lot of people that were wrong. When he retired, I thought he was done, right? And I was wrong about that. But, and some people can say they were right because they said, there's no way he's going to stay retired very long. But, like, he started talking about kids and stuff like that. And when dudes start talking that way, most of the time, you know, they're retired. But – um, yeah, real quick on the last point, too. Yeah, I, they year three is pivotal for him. But he said what you said today. That's why I give him some credit. He was like, look, when you win five games your first two years, I don't expect positive stories to be written right now. Um, you know, he said, I talked to Dave and, you know, Dave assured me, like he says, a five year plan. I hope it doesn't take that long. It shouldn't take that long. But like, this is what we talked about in the beginning. And 
Um, so you can think the five-year thing is ridiculous, and that's fine. The NFL is like a three-year league. You got to show me something in year three, like you just said. Um, but I thought he handled it just fine. That story, the Sean Payton though thing, got really, really interesting here for there for a stretch. Now go back to Brady for a second, because you and I haven't talked about this this week. Three hundred seventy-five million dollars to call football games, and we don't even know if that guy's any good at it yet. He might not be very good. And he's Tom Brady. He's like Goaty McGoat face. So, like, he gets to do what he wants to do. And, like, all you got to do, just slapping his face on promos and ads and stuff is going to help bring in bukus of bucks. I get that. But he might not – he might be awesome, but he might also suck. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. What do you – do you think 300 I, – I was – I mean, it's crazy because, for me, immediately I'm like – Wow. Um, but then it's like hashtag goals, right? Because oh, what yeah. if I could at least – I just want, like – I ain't even trying to be in the neighborhood. I just want to be able to, like, be in, like, the same area code. Whew. You that's know? a big investment in a it's dude, a, man. That is. And, but it's a new bar that's set, and it's kind of um, – hey, man, it's big time. And, I mean, you might as well strike it now while you still can if you're Tom. Oh, listen, if, I, I certainly do not blame Tom Brady for signing the contract. And like, Good man, for him. Hey, it'll be it, – it's crazy. I, I thought it was – I thought it was um, big, but I, how can I complain? Oh, no yeah, – We live in America, bro, so but no, if I'm somebody's going to be willing to pay you. I'm thinking along the lines of, like, John Skipper, former ESPN president. Uh, he does – he's with Meadowlark Media now, him and Dan Levitard. And he said this a while back. He said, I just – all due respect to those guys – I don't think there's any broadcaster that's worth that level of investment. Then he was talking about Romo and Aikman at like $18 million a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, and so then I think uh, yesterday he said Charles Barkley is the only analyst on television that is worth that kind of money because he brings people to the TV. And that's, in my mind, he's right. Charles is entertaining. Charles is in a league of his own. There's well, no other He Charles has Bar- different rules. Almost. Right. There's no other Charles Barkley on TV. There's not another one. There are guys that are, that are great, that are wildly talented and entertaining, but there's only one Charles Barkley. There's nobody else in his league. Inside the NBA would still be good because Ernie Johnson is the best studio host in the, the game. Uh, Kenny Smith is fantastic at his job. Yes. And Shaq has not only – he's Shaq, for God's sake, but, like, he has really grown into that role. He was not good at first. He was – he, and he like took coaching, and he got a lot better. And so, yeah. But without he also Chuck, he also had to find his place on that show, right? right? But and him, but he wanted it to be like him and Chuck fighting all the time for a while. But it got when he just relaxed, it got better. Yep. But that show is not that show without Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley is the only. I agree with John Skipper. Like Charles Barkley is the <laughs> only dude. That it's a great I, that you know. What, I'm gonna tell him that you said that. Who Chuck? Yeah. I'm gonna tell him that. Well, you said I that. know I'm not the only one. So, but I yeah. What do you, how how often do you talk to Chuck? Uh, we text randomly every few months. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, tell, yeah, he's. I agree he's, with John. Hey, look, man, it's crazy because I met him this one random night in Birmingham. I don't know how we got on this, but um, yeah, this one random night in Birmingham, I met him, and uh, I did not know this about you. I saw him at a bar. It's like place, and I was over there with my boys, and um, and so I just got a beer. I saw him. He, he's a big guy. He's loud. He's having a good time. He's like around his peoples. You know what I'm saying? And so. We leave, and I was like, damn, dude, I kind of wish I would have, like, met Charles Barkley. Like, I just <laughs> bought a beer or two, and we left. Like, I didn't bother him. I didn't try and go up to him. And um, he's like, 
my boy's like, dude, if anybody can do it, man, like you wrote with Harper, bro. Like <laughs> you should be able to do it. This was just He's a right. few years ago. He's right. You know what I mean? He's like, bro, you should be able to do it. Like, man, like, man, you wrote with Harper. I'm like, but you don't like bothering people like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. And I don't. I don't ever really think like, or try <laughs> and like abuse who I am or say like, I don't lead with that. And, um, and so I was like, man, you're right, man. Let me just, all right, bump it. I go back. I walk up behind him. I'm like, uh, Mr. Barkley. He's like, my name is Charles. And he turns around and he sees me and he like grabs me and like brings me over to a corner, like into the corner. He's like, man, Roman Harper, man, I know who you are. Like, da da da. Really? Yeah, yeah. He knew I was. He keeps up with everybody from the state of Alabama. Okay, that makes Whether sense. Whether you're Alabama, Auburn, but he enjoys and follows every young athlete or a person that, that does tracks. well in the state of Alabama. So he knew who I was because I was from Alabama. It's like, damn, dude, he knew I was from. He knew I was from Prattville. I was like, holy shit. Like, That's awesome. You're Charles Barkley. So, and, uh, so we exchanged numbers. He bought me and my boys a couple rounds. It was like, cool. Like, he was cool as hell. And he's like exactly how he is on the team. That's kind of who he is. Like, and I think when you get that comfortable, you just still know what you're looking at. You can still be articulate and be yourself. He was, man. He was, uh, he was, and he's still, I mean, he's a cool dude. He like is, I got uh, text, he'll text back. It's like we check on each other every now and then. So I, I was sliding through the, I haven't never, ta- I never talked to him, um, but we were at the All-Star game when it was here in Charlotte a couple of years ago. And you know the Spectrum Center, right? On the yes. back end, it's wide open. It's where they do the pre- and post-game show. The Bally's does all that. So, of course, that's where Shaq, that's where the whole crew inside the NBA was set up for the All-Star game uh, here in Charlotte. And so I went through that way. And actually slid by Chuck, and we just kind of did a smile and nod at each other as we, you know, walked by each other. But I watched him for a second as I was waiting to get down to my seat. And he will talk to anyone. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> matter if you're sitting three rows below him as a fan or if you're one of the cable guys or, like, whatever the case. He just – he's that dude. So what you just said about the Al- – the fact that he keeps up with Alabama athletes that way is, like, it makes sense because, like, you can hear the – you can hear the way he talks about his pride in being from Alabama, and he talks about loving the way that Kenny talks about his pride from being from New York. Yeah. Uh, and so he's he's big on that. So that makes a lot of sense. That it, makes a lot of sense. And I didn't – like I said, Kyle, didn't – it was a total surprise. I, I don't think – I didn't even know we never – Well, now we got to get Chuck on the podcast. So <laughs> we'll, we'll do that eventually. But, no, I mean, he's the only one to me in the business that, like, i got to go see what Chuck's going to say. Um like I said, I enjoy the games that Romo does. I think Romo's just having fun. I like that about him. Um, well, well, it, Romo's inter- entertaining and helps like kind of bring bridge the game for those yeah. that do not understand it. Yep. And so what the quarterback's always thinking, because most people watch the ball, and who has the ball more than anybody than the center and the quarterback. Right. So if you can kind of connect those dots for people, it, for those that don't know what they're looking at, it helps them. Right. So that's what they like about him, and I think that's where his unique gift was when he – because he's the first one that kind of broke in doing that. I think all these guys like are talented. Troy, like, quarterbacks, man, like, it's crazy, but it's the same thing. I have an agent, and we talk about certain things, and quarterbacks on this side of it, people just pay him money, bro, just to show up and be terrible. Like, it doesn't even matter. Yes. That happens. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying be terrible is like they're not good, but I'm like, it doesn't even matter. Like how many reps you have or how we'll just like pay you just to Now, we'll say that, you know, they, they do. The thing about Brady is, like I said, when we don't, we don't know if he's any good, but I don't think they, on the one hand, you could just take Tom Brady and put him in the booth because he's Tom Brady. You could do that. You would right. absolutely well, that's what they're doing. But like they're also, the talent scouts that are doing but this these Tom days, Tom Brady's good. trying to be more, um, Entertaining. You he can is. see on his social and media. So that's why he's I'm sharing a little bit more, especially he, since he got out of New England. I mean, 
is anybody going to be shocked if he's great at it? Because I'm not. I mean, I just – I don't know. No, he's great. I mean, he's the GOAT, bro. But, like, Chuck – Charles Barkley is the only dude that I go to the TV and I say, yeah, let me go see – it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I need to go to bed. Yeah, but I got to turn on Inside the NBA. Like, I got to see what you, Chuck's talking they're about. They're going to do something. They're going to do something, right? They're so, you, I got to watch. Like, he put on the Tyler Hero outfit the other night in the post game. And it I was did just, not see it. You dude. didn't see it? I got to see it. It was too it. small. And Shaq came over and ripped the buttons over and slapped his belly. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> he was, oh, it was funny as hell. Those guys are – so damn funny, man. I, I love. But you guys. only get that there. Yes, you only get that you there. You only get that there. Did you ever watch the HBO documentary on that? No. There's a four-part HBO documentary on Inside the NBA. It came out, uh, was it last summer or two summers ago? I'm going to watch four, it. But it's four-part because each episode's about a different guy. And so uh, it is fantastic. Oh, I, I would love to know more you and more need about to watch Ernie. It. it is fantastic. If you Anybody who likes that show needs to watch that because it is a fantastic look at that show. Um, I know man. this Milwaukee's down and they don't want to go back to Boston. Uh, yeah. How about this? I mean, that's sure. Yeah. Playoffs have been good. A couple of blowouts lately. Um, Kyle, I love NBA basketball. Let me tell you why. Why? Because no lead is safe in the playoffs. None. Well, that one in the Memphis had on Golden State the other night was pretty safe. Uh, well, I mean, I well, 45. All right, no lead. <laughs> it's 50-plus, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't going to no erase that No lead. One. I would say 20 and under, bro. Like, especially, like, first quarter leads. Yes. Not safe in the playoffs. Oh, well, I mean, that's not the NBA. Not safe. That's the NBA. Um, I will say there's been a lot more defense played in these playoffs. And that's I, – I talked about this the other day on the show. And I was like, despite what your dad or your grandfather tells you, there is defense played in the NBA. Like, the, the good teams in the NBA, the championship-level teams especially, they play defense. Like, you have to to win a championship in the NBA. And, but we've – like, the, there's been a lot of good defense played in, in these series so far. Um, very few, you know, 125-point games. No, you have not seen those. No. Um, especially as the games – as they continue to advance – the better teams are going to play there have been better. Because well, you'll Miami, see Miami plays really good defense. All the other teams, Boston, Milwaukee, they all play really good defense. There's not, a, there's not much worse, and it doesn't happen that often, but there have been some years where it happened way too often, where you just get teams trading blowouts in a series, and that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, well, Golden State, when it's hot, it always has the chance to blow, get, blow people out. But with, speaking of defense, Drew Holiday, look at that. I mean, that dude made two of the most incredible plays the other night, blocking Marcus March's shot and then uh, – Pick in his pocket to, to help seal the win. Drew Holiday, um, stud, absolute stud. This has been a really good series. There's no question about that. But, all right, Kyle. So, now everybody wanted to talk about the Tua Tungavaloa. What do you what? Slow down, pass, that it looked like. What are you talking the about? The cheetah had to slow down and catch it. Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> so, no. Tua haters, all right, because you know they're out there. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. All right. They were trying to mess with and say that, well, he underthrew. Uh, well, I can just Google Cheetahs. It. Keep going. On the, on the deep route. It looked like a walkthrough, dude. People are so crazy. I just think social media, everything that just has people's eyes and attentions just continue to get crazy. I see. Crazy. Okay. I missed this earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed this earlier. Um, it, it's been a busy day for me. Plus, come on. Really? Yes, Kyle. Yes. It's, it's crazy. But – I, I I wish well for for these guys. I always like with the NFL too because I'm you don't know everybody's doing stuff to get better. Like nobody's just sitting there. And I, I like that Miami went and acquired more and more talent. I can't believe Kansas City traded him, but well, I mean, 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now because I mean Tyreek Hill, what he tweets like, can y'all chill? I mean, ah, <laughs> uh, the, the the thing is like, there's a lot of pressure on Tua this year, um, and you know that there's a lot of pressure on him because, I mean, hell, in some ways, you know, he was a rift between a coach and a GM at one point. So he's got he's got weapons, they got speed. He's just got to get these dudes the ball and let them work. Like that's really all he has to do here. Yeah, just um, distribute it. If you do that, you're going to be fine. Like, well, he did that play. in college. Well, he right. Uh, and he had four first rounders throwing to four first round wide receivers in yes, college. Yes, I mean he's he. Can, so he has to. We all know he doesn't have Josh Allen's arm or Patrick Mahomes' arm in this case. Like everybody who knows does? that. Not many people do. <laughs> who does? Not many people do. Right? You, yeah, you just named the top two young quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. Outside of Herbert, right? True. Or Joe Burrow. I mean, or. But they don't have one. It's different. It's, it is different. It's absolutely different. Like, I mean, Lamar Jackson's got a rifle for right up. Sam Darnold, right here in Charlotte, Sam's got a strong arm. Um, we rarely saw him throw it downfield last year for a lot of reasons. But uh, So what's up with Robbie Anderson, too? Oh, Since dude. we're on Carolina gossip, let's just bring it all out, Kyle. What, we, what? what do you mean? Was he cha- what did, Why? What did Robbie do now? Did he go on Undisputed yet? No. Has he, he, he hasn't gone on. That's what I'm saying. He's been, he's been kind of coming at – What's up with that? Why Robbie's has he got been drunk? very, very vocal in public, man. He had Kodak Black putting out his uh, his number change on his jersey the other day. I saw that, and <laughs> he changed the spelling of his name. You saw that from uh, what R O B B Y to R O B B I E, I think. Why did he do that? Don't know, man. I just saw it on social media. I didn't investigate. That's a his like, call. Like, I don't think I'm going to ha- have a hard time identifying Robbie on the field, so I'm good. I'm good too. I- yeah. <laughs> he's he's he, but I mean, he's out calling out. He doesn't want Baker Mayfield asking if he can go on undisputed. He's got Kodak Black doing stuff like PR and stuff. I mean, he's had an interesting offseason. I like it. I mean, he's if nothing, Rob. I said that when he did the Baker stuff, just go ahead and put him in the Hall of Fame or the <laughs> Panthers Hall of Honor. I mean, <laughs> that social media stuff where he was. <laughs> he, he completely said no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then somebody made another graphic on another account. It was like, Robbie Anderson doesn't want Baker Mayfield. And he commented, facts. <laughs> <laughs> Like, put uh, this man in the Hall of Honor right now. <laughs> uh, the thing I like about that, Kyle, is like he ain't run from it. No, he doesn't care. He didn't care. He doesn't care, man. It's the same dude that like undressed Sam Darnold on the sideline last year after he threw a bad pick. What, did he deserve he best, it? I'm not saying he has the best did judgment Did he deserve all the time. it? Well, strictly speaking. <laughs> just, the only thing that you knock, anybody can knock Robbie on for real, for real, is that dude, he dropped the ball too much last year. That he absolutely has to, he has to get back to focusing. That absolutely Catching happened. the ball. And, and doing what he does, and if he does that, he'll be fine. That absolutely happened, man. Then when, when you do that, you can still say whatever you want. Yes. Because like he, he hasn't been out of bounds. This whole Tua Most stuff. of the stuff has just been true. Yeah. Yeah, but this whole Tua stuff, though, like it's, it's not going to end unless they start winning games. So so Mike, Mike you, McDaniels is the right guy, I think, to, to get that offense quickly they going. Need to run the it. They need a run game. Yeah. They need a run game. Yeah, I agree. You I know? agree. Um, and that will absolutely help. But, dude, he's got weapons. Uh, not to bring up a sore subject here, and I really mean that, but, like, dude, Alabama wide receivers having a tough offseason here now. Uh, it's, it's, we can unpack that. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade or anything. I'm just – What happened? What did, he, what did he get caught with? Oh, uh, the latest was I thought uh, – Judy. Yeah, Jerry Judy. I think it was tampering with domestic something. Let me just pull it up so I'm not wrong about this. Um, it's a misdemeanor case – or, wait, yeah, I'm just going to pull up the article here, but – I mean, him, Ridley, Ruggs, the worst of all, obviously. But, like, it's a bad, bad offseason for Alabama wide receivers. Has this all been the same offseason? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he was – Well, uh, Ruggs was last year, like, during the season. 
That's true. That's true. So about just about a year. But yeah, so it says really arrested Thursday by the Arapahoe County Sheriff's Department and according to the sheriff's office was charged with second degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, a misdemeanor. Uh, So, I mean, not the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody, but again, third one in the news for the wrong reasons. It's just, you know, rough rough year. Rough year, man. Rough year, bro. Been better years for Alabama wide receivers. Um, (laughs) So we'll we'll just leave that there. Uh, But no, look, the whole Carolina thing, like, they hit the field today, too. And uh, Iki Aquanu was, again, the story, Matt Corral. I th- I'm just looking at him thinking, he might be able to play. Like, I don't know. Who? I, uh, Matt Co- Corral. I thought he was good in college. I think so. He like, did, look, he throws a ball. I don't want to get too hype about a third-round pick. He throws, like a, a, he throws a very catchable football. That's going to pop out on tape. Like, wide receivers are going to catch the ball from him. He throws a very – catchable football okay he throws a very good anticipation like throwing it in deep, different windows he understands that part of it you can tell like i like california quarterback kids because they grow up throwing the rock yeah like point. they grow up throwing it i get it that's just always been so that's one great pot those are a couple of positives about him now the offense that the nfl will ask him to do and run he has to be able to learn it and give it time. And the the hardest throw to make in the NFL is that 15 to 18-yard comeback, 18 back to 15. Like, you got to be able to complete that one ball out there consistently if you want to be great. you got to have the arm strength to push it. That's the things that he has to get better at. And just – I don't know if you can get better with arm strength things, but he hasn't played in the offense in the NFL. Like, his offense in college was way different. That's another thing. Well, that's that's what we've been talking about too. Like you're not going from you're not going. Yeah, I just don't want I don't want Charlotte to all of a sudden put pressure on him. He was drafted in the third round for a reason as well. Sure. When I talk to my NFL like scouting friends or people that have done that, been in that industry, they say when they still look at that, they still that means they look at him as a project. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, and that's what Rule said that night. He was like, "Look, this he need ideally he needs to sit for a while. So hopefully Sam Darnold can give them something good enough with a better O line and McCaffrey and Foreman to." You know, give him time to get ready. Yes. Like, if, if he has time to develop. And I think, like, you, I think you and I talked about this on the last episode or sometime recently, but, like, Ben McAdoo, you know, he's not the most media-friendly guy in the world. Uh, he makes fun of his own appearance sometimes. Much better hair these days. But, like, he might not have been a great head coach, but the dude was really good with quarterbacks in an offense in, in New York. He's worked with Aaron Rodgers. He's worked with Eli Manning. Um, you know, so he does know what he's talking about with quarterbacks. So, you know, there's some national people saying, I don't like this fit. I mean, Matt Corral landed with a, a really, really bad fit or a bad situation. Why? Right. That's my point. But and, and it's mostly about, like, Matt Rule's job status and the fact they've only won five games. But, like, Ben McAdoo does understand how, to, how you know, what real quarterbacks look like. That yeah. how much has been proven. They have to protect the quarterback, no matter who it is, especially Sam Darnold, because – he, you know, I would use the word, he has trauma. He has quarterback trauma, all right? He's been hit a lot. And so, and now he's a quarterback that's affected by getting hit as well, like more than the average. So you take all those factors in. When you hit him in the first quarter, it's going to affect him in the fourth quarter. Right. So, and you don't even have to hit him in the fourth. You got to run by him and flash him sometimes in that. And all it takes is that, or just a little bit of a hesitation. That's all the defense needs in the NFL. It happens that fast. So if it's a hitch, uh, that's all you can ask for. And 
those are so you start there first. We got to get that cleaned up mm-hmm, first. Mm-hmm. You do that, and your defense is still young, and you you can make some plays defensively, and you should be better because of J.C. Horn coming back. Um, you got a couple little young pieces over there that are growing up, so you hope they're kind of you know Derek Brown. We need him to he can make, make start to take that next step in year three or four. You know, so yep. all those things got to come together for this team if they want to be successful and. They need their best player to stay on the field. Flat out, period. That would help. That like, would absolutely Christian help. Christian McCaffrey, we all love you. But, bro, you got to be available. Yep. Whatever it takes. Yep. I don't care. But whatever it takes, you got to be there this year. Or this team has no chance. Mm-mm-mm. They, I mean, this is a – everybody's – not everybody, but there's some dudes that have a lot on the line this year. There's no and they still got – and they got weapons. It's not like they don't oh, have they, talented yeah, players. they have weapons. DJ Moore, we didn't even talk about him, but he's talented. Well, Very right. talented. And that's the other thing, too. Like, defensively – Robbie Anderson is talented. They could stand to do to add some – you know, another piece or two defensively. Probably an edge rusher. I mean, it would be nice if you could convince Jadavion Clowney to come down here. Um, what I, are you going to give with Jadavion? What do you want? What are you expecting to get? I mean, he – what nine sacks last year in Cleveland? So I mean, you take that, uh, you know. And he's actually might even be better setting an edge uh, against the run these days. And so you definitely need that. You didn't have much of that last year. Well, he's a hired he's a hired gun. He's a mercenary. No, <laughs> he's a hired gun. Yeah, he's he one of those players. He's made a specialist out of doing it, and yep. there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, hey, but I, there's no I reason for him it. to sign at any point in time right now. No, he's he, a veteran. Of this, course, dude, you can show up right before the season. He'll yep. be ready, and you'll take him all day long. There's no doubt. So, like he and uh, Stephon Gilmore both went to South Point and Rock Hill, though. So, just wonder what Stephon told him about the situation, right? Because there was that report uh, a week and a half ago that that school's put some dogs in the league. Absolutely, um, <laughs> but there was a report last week that uh, Jadavion was like, "Yeah, I'll go back to Cleveland, but if there was place in the South close to home, I consider it." Because uh, he might want to be back close to Rock Hill, so I mean, if I'm Scott Fitterer, I would make the call. Um, but we'll see, man. So there's there's a lot. I mean, the NFL stuff never sleeps. Like for God's sake, the the, the schedule, schedule at least was like a whole thing. I'm like, I don't dude, get it. Like it's I nice don't to know. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to know. I'm cool with that. But and like, like I'm not are, excited or looking at none of that. If you're planning trips, I get it. I, I totally get that. Right? Get out. Get ahead of it. Book flights. That's the. But like some of the like. You know, the full breakdowns of the schedule release on TV. I'm like, yeah, there's like actual sports taking place right now. Let's let's <laughs> let's take a live look. But you know what? I guess I'm old school in that way. I guess I'm just old and out of touch in that way that I like the actual sports taking place on TV as opposed to a 40 minute breakdown of a schedule. My, yeah. Do I sound like an old man? Get off my lawn right now. I mean, you're going there. You're leaning there, but it's just your opinion, though, Kyle. And there's oh, nothing wrong with that. Thank you. I appreciate the there's support. There's nothing you've, wrong with I that. appreciate the moral support on that. I really do. I really You're welcome. Do. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, dude. So, I mean, the, the, we, we've had some NFL stuff to get to this week. Um, there's been plenty of NBA stuff. This, uh, all this college football stuff. I was going to say, the, the word NIL is such a hot button I'm word I'm so right now. tired of saying NIL that, on the air. It's such a hot button. Kyle, I told somebody today, because literally this guy comes up and asks me, I'm like, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to explain it to you. Sure. NIL is not the problem. No. The transfer portal is the problem. It is the problem. All right. The the fact that it's transfer portal 365, 24-7. Yep. Like all of that. Yep. All right. You want to give dudes Bukuza Bucks? Cool. I'm glad they can make a lot of money. Me too. But when you can buy The market will dude, eventually yes. When you can buy a dude off of somebody else's roster at any moment in time. Right. It's bad for the sport. It's bad for the sport. That's all it is, right? Like they, I want you to make money. I do. Yes. But this can't be an absolute fucking free for all no. 365 days a year. What they need to do is, Kyle, cuz I hate just complaining about stuff. I do too. 
and I, I want to give solutions. But as they well. put us in a position where we have to complain about this because nobody was ready with rules, regulations, guardrails, any, any sort of plan. Nobody no. had one the, in place. And the NCAA continues to put their hands up. Well, they're just, like the arsonist who set a house on fire, and they looked yeah. at it and they're like, "Well, look who, who did that. You did, dummies. <laughs> you did that." So, like, this is why we are where we are. But yeah. you're right. Somebody needs to step forward with, with solutions. And the NCAA like kind of half tried to last week. They were like, "Stop doing this." There's a rule in place. We're going to come try to get people who've already done this. Yeah, with you and what army? Because you've lost a lot, a lot of your compliance Sorry, officers. It, you, it, you already couldn't enforce stuff. So I appreciate it now, I guess. But like, that doesn't just the you know shaking a fist and threatening people doesn't isn't going to stop this. No, it's not going to stop. So this. they need guardrails. Okay. Now, if you want to be the name and face of whatever, or you want to put a whole bunch of money together, duck like. I'm not even mad at none of that. Uh-uh. You should offer, if you're going to start doing all that, oh, now you got money just to spend and blow on these athletes just for these sports, which you, you better do before anything else yep. is make every other freaking scholarship on this campus free. Oh. All right? Going there. Okay. I am going to do that because if you got that, then don't say you don't got that. Does that make sense? There's a lot of well, money. A lot of teams, a lot for those that can. I would say that those that are trying to go down this, these Power Five schools. That's all I'm saying. I got you. Power Five. Schools. I got you. No, I got you. I don't want to get too far ahead of that, but Power Five schools, um, that can, they should. All right, Title Nine is still existent. Let's at least have some kind of mindset. But what they need to do is guardrails. Three weeks on both sides of the calendar. All right, Kyle. I don't mm-hmm. care when you figure it out between bowl games, uh, after regular season. You guys figured out you you get paid to like at least think. I can't give you every answer. Right. Vote on it, rule on it, let's go. Three weeks. And then in the spring, all right, after after uh spring games, you should have three weeks then because you know where your roster is at after the spring. You can you know you feel like players can still decide if they want to go. I still say you still get one free transfer. Mm-hmm. You can't take that from them. One free transfer. After that you have to sit. And then, and and let's let's go see what happens. It's a good starting point. Yes. And the in, it, the the players do not have an opportunity because it's you got to put it in their scholarship. Well, and you have it, to put it in their scholarship. But look, speaking of scholarships, there's something else here. Uh, you know, the the plans aside, Nicole Auerbach reported this week that the NCAA is seriously considering allowing unlimited scholarships, stupid, and an unlimited number of coaches on your coaching staff. That will kill any parity that's left in that's, college football. It would destroy it. It's that's professionalizing sports, by and, the and way. That, or college and, sports, by the way. And so I'm just and then but Kyle, like, but they're so dumb though. All right. Now this is the thing, this is their plan. All right. This is what they're talking about doing. They haven't even been smarter about the targeting rule yet. We're not even talking about actually stuff How do we on get the on field. targeting. Oh well okay. Yeah you're right. They're they're all focusing we're not focusing on the game because it's <laughs> well, all yeah. but you have to because this is on fire. Like all this like the house a, is on fire. There's a whole neighborhood on fire right now. Like that's how that's the point that it's gotten to in in a figurative sense. But it's so it's so it's so ridiculous. And like and now it's gone to the pay for play scheme uh lane. Well, right? let's, let's be real too. Like um you know these collectives popping up all over the country um, they're not going away. Uh, no. Maybe you can regulate them a little bit better. But the thing is, like, it, it was obvious from the start that an NIL collective was literally just a middleman conduit between the athletics department and the boosters. It's basically a mini hedge fund where all the rich boosters pour money into and they can just go out and do their business getting the players that they need. Thousand That's percent. what that is, right? But they've always kind of, I mean. 
Well, and so I, and again, I I love the fact that people are that entrepreneurial. Like some people are making money on this. There was a great uh, the HBO Real Sports did a piece on this. I think two episodes ago about how they were very uh, enterprising young college students that are uh, like pre law and stuff that are linking up with athletes on campus and helping them work NIL deals and stuff like it. There there are good things about this, but like it is it's reached places and levels that like I don't know how you rein it all. That's in. how that's how. Um... What's the um oh my gosh, what's the coach agent? The coach agent. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Sexton. Didn't he get started with Reggie White because of that? That I don't know. He represents every major coach and mover and shit. It was an agent. Football. I don't know if it was Sexton, but it was an agent that was became Reggie White's agent just because he was best friend in college and he was like some dude. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's happened plenty. Right? <laughs> I mean that's I mean it's a little different, but one of my fraternity brothers was my brother's agent when he was, you know, playing professional baseball. So like that's relationships, right? Yes. That's sports. It is. And uh yeah, so I mean it's it's um this is it's turned it's never it's never going back but, to what it was. But no it's not and and, and so I'm cool to. with that. But it's a lot of people that are so stringent in their ways, traditionals, they want to hold and I'm like, look man, the game is literally changing right in front of our face. Oh, you yeah. better like keep up. Well, and the problem and too stop is stop trying to just hold it in. I'm like, at what point in time whenever you just hold back has it been better in life? Yes. So you know, uh, growth. Life's like, not fair. The world is mean. I agree. Know, and, and that's all I, true. I, I say that to say, like, there are, there are some programs, some schools at the lower levels, especially, and the tail end of, D, of, of FBS, too, that are going to flat out get left behind, no matter what happens here. Yes. Um, the, the, you know, at a higher level, even, it's not a problem for you or the Big Ten, but for, you know, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, like, the SEC and the Big Ten are on a different level money-wise than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're swinging – you know, they're, they've got a much, much bigger vault full of cash with which to use to keep on pulling away. And, you know, there are a, there's like a, a middle class of college football that's like kind of panicking right now. That's like if we don't sell out and make a sh- you know, and get involved, like, we got to go all in on this or we'll never be able to compete again. Agreed. And so I think like mistakes are going to be made and, you know. But it's but the, the thing is like. You just don't want this to get out of hand. That's why everybody's asking for guardrails right now, okay? And then let the market kind of set itself. Right. It, it, and it's not going to be – The market for players will set itself. Right, right. Eventually it's going to happen because people that pay something, they're not going to get any kind of return on that investment. stupid. It doesn't make any sense for them. And then they're not going to do it again. Right. So, but you must allow that because we live in America, right? Look well, at the baseline of what we're in, right? Well, we live in a capitalistic country. We're That's supposed what, to anyway, right? We're supposed to. But depending on what freedom they want to allow you to have, they then they're cool with it. So some, some might suggest that it's capitalism for the poor and you know socialism for the rich. But I'm just throwing. I mean, it's, some would suggest that that's oftentimes the case. But anyway, and, others might call it crony capitalism. You know, go ahead. Anyway, hey, yes. Sorry. So I just went down the rabbit hole right there. <laughs> just a little bit. You peeked. You peeked in there, Kyle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw a story and I almost went off on a tangent. <laughs> But it's, a, it's an issue. Like, there's, a, there's some structural damage to college sports because of this. And uh, the purported leaders of college athletics could have done a whole lot on the front end to avoid all this. But you are where you are, so you got to figure it out. And, um, and, and, Kyle, they had time to do it. But they didn't do it. Well, they didn't. And the frustrating part, too, is that players getting paid does not impact our viewing pleasure as fans whatsoever. That's not, not the, That's not the issue here. No. The, the issue here is the, 
you know, the fact that the NCAA is afraid of uh, antitrust issues and lawsuits if they try to implement rules. And so now, like the unlimited scholarships, the, the not capping coaching staffs, that's just letting it all go to the point that you're just saying, okay, fully professionalize this, where you're going to have, you know, some universities operating by the traditional student-athlete amateur model, you know, for the most part, with NIL included. And then you're going to have the top moneyed organizations, conferences that are just going to be universities with teams that are there really in name only as a part of the university because they're actually professionalized sports. And um, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop that at this point. And I, Greg Sankey's pretty much talked about it openly at times. Others have too. Um, but the thing that really kind of perplexes me at the moment is that, and this has been raised to me a couple of times this week, and I've thought about this. I think you and I have talked about it. This conversation about breaking away from the NCAA being inevitable Dude, March Madness is still a multi-billion dollar enterprise. And Agreed. a lot of conferences make a lot of money. You know, at least a handful of conferences make a lot of money on March Madness, on, on the NCAA tournament. So how are you replacing that? I'm not, I don't know. They're not. I, I don't think the NCAA folds. It's not, there, there's not a better product yet. So then do you just let the college football playoff govern college football separately? The well, NCAA? then that means you need a commissioner. Well, you probably could use one. Quite frankly, I think we've a lot of us have thought that might be the best thing for college football for a while. They yes. Well, they need to have they because they don't have any plans, Kyle. That's the problem. They have no guardrails. They have nothing, and so I agree they need. But how do you? Re, it's so hard because you're gonna have to break this thing up. It's too many. It's too many for one person to commission. Yes, you got a hundred. Yeah, you got 130 FBS teams. Yeah, that's it's a lot of teams. That's it's too much. You got Power Five, Group of Five. I mean, you right. got 130. You know what I mean? FBS like, teams. I think you would need different commissions for each one so like, yeah right exactly like you, and, and let them kind of convene i would think so anyway but th- i mean then again if i don't know th- this is where it just gets really murky because we speculate on what could happen but the dudes that are in charge could have an entirely different plan makes it fun but you know it's um it's a it's a a crossroads you know we don't know shit well i mean look i don't i feel it, like and the, the thing is is just because they got more money and more successful than this cow that don't mean they they don't know shit either probably puff us up Man, it's well. No, we know our stuff. No doubt. Well, no, I mean, I, looking I at what they've done, they don't know shit. Well, I mean, Jesus. Like, Mark Emmer gets extended in the fifth paragraph of a memo, like, last year, and then a year later he's fired. Um, I mean, they, they know. that there's They have to be a different organization with a lesser role in, in many ways because otherwise college football uh, is, is not – like, it has to go back to being a, a more broadly appealing national sport. It, well – if you can, the Pac-12 has to be decent, right? You need some West Coast involvement. Man, more, it more would help. It would help. It would help. It would absolutely help. Um, the ACC needs to not suck. Uh, that would be nice because that's something that needs to immediately be rectified. Because quite frankly, the ACC outside of Clemson has been rough to say the least over the past couple of years. You got some programs not pulling their weight, and uh, you know the Miamis, the Virginia Techs, um, got to figure it out. And I think they both made pretty solid hires this offseason. So, yeah. you know, I think that could happen. Um, you know, Florida State. Mm. I really like what Cristobal did. Uh, at Miami? I mean, or, well, I just I, – I like the, the – he put a, you know, a nice little staff together. Oh, at and Miami? He's going to be, yeah, yeah. Well, he had an SEC recruiting machine at Oregon. I mean, that's the one thing. He brought talent into that program. Mm-hmm. I don't – I still don't think he's a great coach, like tactical coach. I mean, it's just what it is. But, like, he's good enough. I've hated some of their play calls. Oh, yeah. No, like, I mean, he's – He's a really good recruiter. And so I think Miami – but Miami always has talent. That's never been the issue with Miami. They have always had talent. It's never been the issue. But Mike Norvell at Florida State, this is a big year for him. He might – He has to win. He might be the guy. Like, I I still think there's a chance he could be the right guy. 
He walked into a bad situation at Florida State, and he made it worse. Admittedly, uh, don't get me wrong. Like right out of the shoot, he made it worse. So I'm, I'm going to get. I'm going to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. To I was, was going to see where you were going to keep going. I was ready to pounce. Yeah, I know. He <laughs> immediately made it worse. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that 100. percent But like okay. he went from three and six the first year to five and seven. They were four and four in conference. Like they had a couple of wins, and so this could be like the turnaround year where maybe they make a bowl. And if they make a bowl this year, then you got to think, okay, Mike Norvell not only gets another year, he might be the right guy. Uh, so I'll give him this year before I start to make any judgments on him because uh, it'd be easy to tie him to uh, Justin Fuente in Memphis. I'm going to need at least 10 wins before I can say he's the guy. Well, no, 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 I'm saying might. I'm not declaring him anything if he oh. wins six games and goes to the, you know, the <laughs> Aloha Bowl or whatever the fuck they go to these days. So I don't know. But um, we'll see about that. But the ACC needs to get its act together. They do. Um, Clemson can't just carry you. No, because we saw what it looked like when Clemson had a down year last year. <laughs> and like was... all due respect to both teams involved, like – Pitt Wake is not going to draw big ratings in the no, ACC championship game. No, it's not happening. No, and it's not going to come close to selling out the stadium either. <laughs> so, like, what the ACC needs is more Clemson-Virginia Tech, Florida State-Miami ACC championship games. Yeah. That's what it needs because all four of those – and North Carolina too. So, are, and so they're, what are they doing to the conference? So they're dismembering that. Or is that what they're doing? Well, they're just going to scrap divisions. Well, they haven't done it yet, but they're they're finally going to look at scrapping divisions. They have been all week. It sounds like that's pretty much what everybody's agreed to. So then, to. and how would they do the scheduling then? Well, that, so they would break it back down into a, uh, I think a three-five model is what they're looking at, where you have three uh, pretty much permanent crossover opponents, and then the rest, those other five teams, rotate every other year, and it's much much better because the setup now. I was talking about this earlier today. The, the SEC and the Big Ten have mostly massive state public institutions with big enrollments, meaning big alumni bases, right? That's why you can fill up 90,000-seat stadiums. You know, that's why you have a larger pool of money because you have larger alumni bases. Mm -hmm. The ACC only has a handful of those, right? You've got the, but you have these small private institutions like Wake oh, yeah. and Duke and Miami and Boston College, right? You know, it's great schools, true. elite academic schools, you know, that right. have good history, but they're not as big. They don't have as many alumni. It's very um, true. And so, you know, that's a, a difference, and it always has been in that conference. But you've got Virginia Tech, massive state institution, Clemson, huge enrollment, Florida State, huge, huge enrollment. Um, uh, you know, you got a few like that, right? North Carolina is a big school. And so they you, said Florida State doesn't have as much money as some of the big SEC schools. Oh, no, schools Florida State tried to get out of the ACC several years ago because they were broke. That's <laughs> <laughs> why Maryland left the conference. They were broke, right? They had the Big Ten money waiting on them. Uh, yeah, um, and the Big so, Ten is big bread. So, you know, somebody floated Florida State some cash and got them through, and, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they figured all that out down there. But, uh, you know, it's the conference realignment, man, is it happened last year with Texas and Oklahoma. And I don't know that it happens again this year, but I was also talking about this today again in that same vein, where back in 2013, the SEC had gone hunting. They were, you know, looking for teams. And, uh, you know, they end up with what? Missouri and uh, Texas A&M. Yep. And so during that same search, though, they were Missouri heavily – Missouri got so lucky to get oh. They were. They how were. How did they? How did it? I still don't get it. It's like, <laughs> like we were talking. Hold on. So <laughs> the SEC at the time, like the, one of the biggest headlines then was, okay, they're looking in North Carolina, Virginia, right? They're going to complete the old, the old Confederate states are going to have the entire map covered. They get the DC market on down, right? And so uh, that was a lot of the rumor. And was so West Virginia and who? No, between well, so in the state of Virginia, oh, Virginia and the state of North, because the SEC is not in North Carolina or Virginia. So, like, just the talk back then was, you know, complete the whole map of the old South states, and you get the D.C. market on down, right? 
And so they were looking at Virginia Tech. There was some talk about UVA and even North Carolina, but those were elite academic institutions. And because of that, they'd probably end up going to the Big Ten if the ACC fell apart. Uh, so it was Virginia Tech uh, to the SEC was the hot rumor. And NC State to the SEC was a, was a pretty hot rumor, too, because they wanted that potential into North Carolina. Oh, yeah. um, now, of course, it didn't work out that way. And they might not ultimately do that. But if the ACC ever did start to fall apart, you wonder where everybody might end up. Well, the, the thing about the ACC, they got, they got such a strong TV deal, though. They can't walk away from the cash. Nobody can leave the conference till 35. Yeah. It's an ironclad yeah. contract. Absolutely. That's the best thing they did. That's like John Swafford's. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's you know, one of the biggest things he did before he Lock left. Lock them all in. He did. And so you got a ways to go here, right? But like the, with every passing year, it gets a little bit less punitive you know, to, to leave. <laughs> it's very or, true. Or, so you still have like, what, 13 years left. It's not that close. But who's to say somebody's not going to challenge it, right? Well, f- trust me, ACC definitely sent out that memo to teams like – to universities like Florida State, uh-huh. to another team like – I don't think Clemson, but Florida State for sure Yeah, um, would be definitely on the, the list if SEC well, – if they were I, ever interested. Well, but see, that's my other Florida question. Florida State would be number one, numero uno. So that's the thing, too. With, with, with bringing Texas A&M – or Texas, I'm sorry, into the SEC – Mm-hmm. You know, that like, was big time expansion. But the the but the big the Big Twelve set themselves up. They because they had no leverage. Go back to the other thing though, because when they brought Texas A and or Texas in, excuse me, there had seemingly been like a you know inherent assurance to Texas A and M. We're not you know, Texas is not getting in. Like Texas A and M's really benefited from being in the SEC. Thousand we're, percent. We're not going to have recruiting. Two, we're not letting the whole them in thing. too, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Georgia, Georgia Tech. Same thing with South Carolina, Clemson. Same thing with Florida, Florida State, and Miami, right? There's an agreement among those schools where the other schools in our state can never be in this conference. They're not allowed in. Um, <laughs> but with the letting Texas in, has that covenant been broken, right? Does that, did that uh, set a precedent where well, are uh, you going to let Clemson in even though South Carolina probably doesn't want well, it? Well, number one, the, 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 the sports and the coaches, all that stuff. Um, or is there so much money to be made that nobody you. gives it's a It's so anymore? much money to be made. That's above all their that's above all And their I think pay that's grades. on the table. I really all do. Right? So that's one thing that – kind of overrides all that. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, you would be outvoted. And and number one, Texas you ain't been in here long enough. You don't sure. – your vote counts like half. Right. You, yeah. You, you ain't been here long enough. You're going to get – you're just going to only benefit. You're, you're not a made guy. Yet. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're just going to benefit off this. Because instead of, like, yeah. sharing a, a, a revenue stream of, like, $32 million, uh a year just from, like, being in the SEC, you'll probably get 40 now. Yes. Yes. Just for being in the SEC. So Absolutely. you'll probably just take your money and be quiet. Well, probably. But that's where I wonder where this all goes next. Because I think the old rules in many ways are out the window. They are. I, they are. Now it's all about self-preservation. And, and that, i got to be honest, Greg Sankey pulled off a great move because it really just – it future-proofed the SEC. They're going to be strong regardless. They can go out and do whatever they want because Texas and Oklahoma bring championships in other sports – Outside of the SEC football. Well, stop right there. That's, the, that's a great point because what I was going to say to that too is the discrepancy in money. Okay, if you're Clemson, if you're Florida State, you know, if you're Virginia Tech, for instance, where, you know, I got to boast on my Hokies for a second, I think it's still the case that they're the only school in the country with the top five women's softball team and men's baseball team. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, the, broadly speaking, they just won the ACC uh, tournament title in New York, uh, mm-hmm. beat Duke in the title game. So, like, that's – 
a resume that you, you really want to have when things right. like that start to come to fruition. Right. So when you're watching, let's say you're looking because you're looking for unique qualities to help bring to our strength in the conference. So so with that in mind, like if you're Not one of those larger money. schools and a couple of years go by and you're realizing the SEC and the Big Ten are like half a billion dollars ahead of us. Like this is a this is an issue. Right. You're being outspent. And, and right. that's college athletics in a nutshell. At that point, are you starting? To, are you willing to challenge the grant of rights? You know, are you, are you trying to find your way out of the conference? It was written about this week that I was I was reading about, and it's speculation, but it's money. Like it's all money motivated. And if you believe that you should be competitive with or among the the top echelon of college athletics, uh, you're going to do what it takes to make sure you stay in that universe I, and not get permanently left behind. Then what they need to do is get better in football. Right. Like. Fast. Well, the ACC as yes, a whole right. must get better in football well, because that's what's pushing the dollars and cents right I, I, now I'm, I'm with in you. college. I'm with you. Like, it's great to be great in basketball, but March Madness don't pay as much as the as I'm, the big boy. I understand that. I'm with and you. So I'm with you. That's what – But you need I, Georgia Tech to get its act together. Okay? Yeah, you need some of these teams to get your butt in gear. You, Let's go. You, you need North Carolina to not only be pretty good every five years, right? Right. You, you need like you need some things like that. NC yes. State needs to. NC State's gonna have a good team. They need to be. But NC State, you gotta win that. You gotta win a couple of those right, games. Right. 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 You know. Yeah. Absolutely. When you absolutely. go out of conference. Right. And Virginia Tech needs to prove that it can be a national power without right. Frank Beamer. Like I mean, yes. They, Justin yes. Quincy got off to a hot start, but like it was all downhill from there. And so it, it does you no good to have Shane Beamer do better than his his dad's. <laughs> Former place. Right. I mean, I, I don't think that was ever going to happen. Um, but at the same time, you're looking down at Columbia thinking, mm, yeah, that's people are going to talk about that until we get our act together. Yeah. So, you know, the ACC does need that. They've shown that they can. But uh, this scheduling stuff. And is, Miami needs to be good. Well, the scheduling stuff Miami needs help. to be good. Think Florida State needs to be good. Virginia College Tech football and, is better when those teams Virginia are good. Virginia Tech and Clemson will sell out Bank of America Stadium here in Charlotte every single time they play in the ACC championship game because they always have. Every single time they've played. What about Miami? Well, Miami will show up for sure. Yep, but, I'm, but the up. point is when you get those group of schools together, North Carolina's obviously in state. If NC State's there, their fans are going to show up. But the point is – you need those six or seven schools, the top four especially, the football schools, but like the North Carolinas, the North Carolina States, the Georgia Techs, like they have to be top 30, 40 programs in the country every single year. Consistently. Or at least yes. four out of five years, right? Yes. You can have a down year. I, I, we all get that. But like this, the coastal chaos stuff has been terrible. <laughs> seven teams in seven years, are you kidding me? Like that's been awful to watch. <laughs> awful to watch every single year. Come on. Like I don't know, I don't know if Duke is. I'm not sure if Duke is ever going to be a program that people just really get behind. You know, David Cutcliffe flirted with it. Like he raised that program's floor, but I don't know the ceiling really went up. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I, I don't think it has a ceiling. I mean, Spurrier won there, so it's not like Cutcliffe was the only one. Yeah, that went hey there. man. You know, I didn't even know that till Coach Spurrier. I sat down and talked with him one night when I met him. Are you serious? Yeah. Was Charles Barkley there too? No, no, no. This okay. was in um, – That would be the best, the single best sports conversation of my life <laughs> if I got to sit down and talk to Charles Barkley and Steve Spurrier at Dude, the same time. Can Steve Spurrier is so sharp, man. He knows everything. He remembers everything. He's oh, remembered so much. With that in mind, I need to shut the hell up and go home and talk to my wife. It's getting All right. late. It's Friday my, night, and uh, we got to roll. How long have we, we been carry, on? We got to carry home. be just like absolutely insane by our recent standards. We went 58 minutes tonight, my friend. Uh, wow. So we're going to get home. We'll, we'll talk to you all later. We'll do it again next time. That was a corrupt thing. I apologize. My wife is killed. Sorry, man. Steve Spurrier conversation with you. And the Bigfoot Festival tomorrow in Western North Carolina. So, uh, my wife is going to go. Hi. Hi. Bigfoot in Alabama? Uh, uh,
Harper. I'm Kyle Bailey. We're talking nice to each other.